It's a phrase from popular movies. It's also a question that comes up in our daily life. The question is, is that even legal? We talk about the things that drive you crazy, the things you won't believe, and the things you need to know and understand. I'm attorney Bob Sewell, and this is the podcast, Is That Even Legal? Let's get started. Today's guest on the show is Jennifer Kinder. Jennifer is the founding member of Kinder Law, and that's a Dallas-based law firm. Normally, she does the area of wrongful death, personal injury, but she's venturing out, and she's trying something new right now. But Jennifer, I came... I I wanted you to be on this program because I have a personal problem. I I have to discuss it with someone, okay? And the problem, the problem is actually, you know, for my wife. She is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Same with my two girls, and she's been wrong, and I'm pissed. Okay, what happened was my wife is a verified uh, Taylor Swift fan. She went to go buy tickets. She went and did this registration process and they said, we're gonna send you some information and then you're going to be able to buy your tickets for the Taylor Swift concert. And guess what? She wasn't one of the 70,000 people that could buy tickets. She was axed out and it was over before it even began. And I want to know what the hell happened. Well, what I want to know is why she is she not a part of our lawsuit? I don't know. Maybe she tell me about what's going on. What's what's going I'm on right now? About that. So we're right in the middle. We've had our first hearing in federal court in Los Angeles County this week. And so we went in front of Judge Wu. We had, uh, you know, between 10 and 20 plaintiffs that we held a protest a rally, a dance party, and we went in front of Judge Wu to make a strong showing about what we are, how we want to proceed. And so it was a pretty technical, you know, status conference hearing. So it's kind of boring, but we wanted to make a strong first showing. But let's get even more basic. You are, uh, you brought a lawsuit um, against against Ticketmaster on behalf of Taylor Swift fans. What's the lawsuit about? Well, so there are over 300 plaintiffs and they're all filed as individual lawsuits against against Ticketmaster. And what we're alleging are claims of antitrust, which sounds pretty boring and not very much fun, but it actually is not as complicated as it sounds, and allegations of fraud and misrepresentation. We plan, because of some recent information that we're finding out, to add negligence as a cause of action. But right now we have fraud, misrepresentation, and antitrust violations. What is Ticketmaster alleged to have done here? So Ticketmaster, since the merger with Live Nation, has just become increasingly monopolistic. And what that means is that they're price gouging. They're using different programs within their system to increase prices and to make it impossible for a fan to purchase a ticket at the negotiated price that the artist has negotiated. So what ends up happening is, for example, Taylor Swift negotiates ticket prices of $49 to $449. Once you get into the website, the Ticketmaster website, 
you're paying $1,500, $2,000. It's impossible to find a ticket for the negotiated price that the artist negotiated. Why? What they do is they employ different mechanisms and different things in order to make it impossible. They call it dynamic pricing. They call it vertical pricing, all of which are very technical terms where they control the market and they control the price you pay. In addition to the price you pay, you pay these exorbitant service fees that are based on the ticket price. So if you're a first-hand ticket purchaser, there are exorbitant prices. If you're if they're resold tickets, then they get a fee the second time. And they do this over and over again. And we're not even talking about the bots or the scalpers that are allowed into this sale before or at the same time a fan is allowed in. So let's say the Bob Sewell revival uh, band, which is incredibly popular in my own mind, okay? I don't have <laughs> But it's incredibly popular, right? I go to Ticketmaster and I say, darn it, the Bob Sewell fans, the Bob Sewell Revival Band fans need to get a ticket price at least 50 bucks, at least 50 bucks. And I want 20% of that or 50% of that or whatever, you know, or the venue gets X and I get Y. Um, is that is that not happening? So if you watch the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings, you, you saw a band that testified. And what they testified to is on a 50 ticket master determined the price. And let's say it was $50. They made between six and eight dollars for that ticket sale. And Ticketmaster makes the rest of the money. I mean, Taylor Swift is a huge market force. She's a, she is a a powerhouse. Why doesn't she, she, she just go to someone else? Why doesn't she just find a new ticket master? Now you tell me where she goes. Unless she wants to play in a cornfield someplace, there's no other place to go. She wants to communicate and to entertain uh, with as many fans as she can so she can sell out a stadium. So that's a venue that she chooses, right? Because she can entertain more fans. I mean, she is entertaining fans in Dallas for three nights at Texas Stadium. So in order for her to do that at a venue that's appropriate and, you know, entertains as many and provides as, you know, as many opportunities for fans as possible, the only person that she can negotiate with is Ticketmaster. They either own the stadium or they control the stadium. They were fined um, for violation of their merger agreement during COVID for doing just that, bullying stadiums that are not part of their agreement are owned by them. They still bully the ones that remain. So if you're Beyonce, if you're Taylor Swift, if you're an indie artist, you have the exact same power. You go where they want you to go and you go and you negotiate and you accept their terms or you don't get to entertain at that venue. That's the beginning and the end of it. Artists have very little power in this situation. Well, but isn't that the isn't that just the uh, the market? I mean, isn't that just the way capitalism works? I mean, boohoo! It's right? a manipulate. It's a manipulated market. So Taylor Swift comes in and says, "I want a ticket price at forty nine or four forty nine." 
and 1.5 million Taylor Swift fans. We don't know that they were actually Taylor Swift fans that received codes, but let's assume for a second that 1.5 million fans that received codes were actually Taylor Swift fans. You had less than a 25% chance of actually getting through the queue line and getting a ticket that is even closely resembles the negotiated price. At the end of the first day of the ticket sale, 10,000 tickets were already on the resale market. So you're telling me that 10,000 Taylor Swift fans had a conflict issue with their babysitter and they were already on the resale market. And that's a bunch of BS. What happened is through the verified reseller program that Ticketmaster uses, these are bots and scalpers that are allowed in, buy the tickets, and resell them at the exact same time a Taylor Swift fan is trying to purchase a ticket. And so then you've got vertical pricing and dynamic pricing. That's not fair market. What that is, is it's a manipulated market by a monopoly. I want to I get a, a little bit political, but political in a lawyerly way. Isn't this the problem with the federal government and the state governments? They're not enforcing antitrust laws? Absolutely. 100%. You know, the Senate Judiciary Committee sent a recommendation to the Justice Department The Justice Department during the Obama administration, they did not recommend this merger. They thought it was a bad idea. They had testimony in front of Congress. One of the promoters that just recently testified at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing said, I told you what was going to happen. He retestified. He said, I I told you what was going to happen. And this is exactly what has happened. They are ever, they're a monolith now. They're worse than they ever were. So the Justice Department, even though there was a recommendation to not approve this merger, the Obama administration approved it. And what has happened is it is just out of control. So now the Senate Judiciary Committee has said, stop this. They sent it to the Justice Department. But you're right. Nothing's happened. And so part of the reason I think this lawsuit is really important is if you look at other areas of litigation, asbestos, the cigarette industry, really the only barrier between absolute chaos and monopolistic behavior are lawsuits. They really are the real equalizer in this scenario because what Ticketmaster cares about more than anything else is money, right? And verdicts, verdicts change things. The asbestos industry, you know, individual litigants, the cigarette industry, individual litigants, they changed the industry when the government wouldn't. Right. Yeah. And I, I could not agree more. And I, I just, you know, just for our listeners who are dedicated to the show, I had the attorney general uh, on when she was on the campaign trail and we talked about antitrust and she gave me the typical political response. Oh, I believe in antitrust regulation. But the question will become, does she act? And what's interesting is back when I was a baby attorney, the Arizona's antitrust department, one attorney with no experience, very little experience, one attorney. And antitrust litigation is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly uh, complicated from a legal, from a 
factual standpoint, not necessarily a legal standpoint, but a factual standpoint, proving it, one attorney is not going to be able to do anything. So hopefully regulators will start taking notice and start acting to preserve our economy because this stuff matters. Right. And think about how it could translate. You know, if this industry, live entertainment, and people say, wham, wham, boo-hoo, you didn't get your ticket. But think about the the kind of effect that it could have on other markets, on the healthcare industry. If if we don't take, if we don't, if we don't enforce the laws that are in place right now to protect from this type of behavior, there is no stopping it, you know, transcending into other healthcare, buying a car, you know, buying school supplies for your child. I mean, there's just no area that you might not see it. If Ticketmaster over the course of a decade or, you know, quarter of a century is allowed to continue with this type of behavior. And we really would, I, you know, I, I, I had hoped that attorney generals in all states, they have abilities that I don't have, right? I have to, you know, I have my elements that I need to prove under the law, but I only have certain remedies. You know, I can treble damages here and I can do this here based on the difference in ticket prices. But just based on antitrust, the government is the one that have all the power. They can fine, they could uh, dismantle, they could bust up this monopoly. They can do things that I simply can't do. And so, um, so it would be nice to see states get involved. Let's talk about your remedy. So you go to trial and you get to the end and you hope that you win, right? And I and I, I have confidence in you. I, I I think you could do it. At the end of the day, what would the fans get, the clients get, the, the plaintiffs get, and what do you get? And what is the punishment and any behavioral changes that will be uh, forced upon? I guess uh, forced upon Ticketmaster. So I guess what I'm saying is, What's the remedy at the end? Well, under antitrust, your damages are trebled. Um, And so that's times three, you know, for the difference in what you should have paid versus what you did pay. Um, There's some uh, tying arguments that can be made also that help increase your damages. Fraud and misrepresentation are a bit more unclear because I think that there are elements of fraud and misrepresentation that really go to the heart of a jury and what a jury thinks the behavior is by Ticketmaster. And they they would be the, you know, the determiners of that. I like that we're going to add negligence to the cause of action because, um, because the, under the negligence cause of action, of course, you know, it's duty, breach, causation, and then damages. That is a much more, that gives a jury much more leverage in sort of determine, determining what an individual experience is. And so, first of all, you know, not being a class and being individual plaintiffs, I think is probably the most important thing that we've done in this case. Most of the causes of action against uh, Ticketmaster in the past, um, like the Bruce Springsteen one that was recently settled, right? Those are all classes. And, you know, in my opinion, class actions really benefit attorneys. They make all the money. The individual litigants in a class action typically get a voucher or a ticket price paid back. 
that's not going to effectuate change. That's never going to hit Ticketmaster where it hurts them the most in their pocketbook. When you make $16 billion in revenue, you know, a couple million dollars means nothing. What needs to happen are individual claims are individually litigated over and over and over again in front of a judge and jury until Ticketmaster realizes that the country is going to continue to issue a caveat to them about their behavior and what they're doing. And I think negligence helps us a lot in that. Um, and so what do I expect to, what do I, what am I hopeful? I'm, we're hopeful for change because at the end of the day, Swifties are not doing this because we're just Swifties. You know, if you are a Swifty and you're part of our community, what you believe, because Taylor Swift is our leader, we believe in fairness and equality and community and acceptance of everyone where they are. And we have a responsibility to help the indie artist, the up and coming artist, the artist who can't get a deal because she won't play or he won't play by Ticketmaster's mm -hmm. rules. We have an obligation to fans and artists, everyone, every fan and every artist. So our goal is change. We won't stop until there is change. And if Ticketmaster thinks I'm done at 340 mm -hmm. plaintiffs, well, we've gotten, you know, we, we get 10 more every day. I can play this game as long as they want to play it. Let me ask you this question, Jennifer. Do you see these types of lawsuits and maybe this particular lawsuit leading to other lawsuits with other fans and other artists? We're committed to doing what it takes for my daughter you know, what I want is I would like for it to be as easy to go to a concert as it was when I was a kid. We could go to a country western concert and then the next day or next weekend go to Madonna. You know, tickets were available. We stood in line to get our tickets. That's not what the ticket buying, you know, experience is now. You have to be wealthy. You have to be rich. You can't go to very many concerts. What 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 we're committed to is a ticket purchasing experience that's fair and more like it was when we were kids. That sounds fantastic. You know, I do remember that when you could you could buy a ticket for 20 bucks, 15 bucks and sit on the lawn. And frankly, the scalpers weren't that bad. You know, there's this yeah. this uh, anti scalper attitude really wasn't a big deal because they had to stand in line and get tickets. And just like us right. and, and nobody cut in line. And think about how important that experience was for you as a child and getting outside the town that you lived in and learning lyrics and melodies. And then and then you did that in a setting where other people were like you. You didn't it wasn't red. It wasn't blue. It wasn't political. It was an experience that you had with other people and a love of whatever it was in live entertainment that you were experiencing. And it's not not anything that can be replicated. And it should be open to all of us. You shouldn't have to be rich to go to a concert. You shouldn't have to be, you know, in the know to go to a concert. You should be, be able a bot. to or a bot. You should be able to have a shared experience, especially post-COVID when we're all looking for ways 
to, you know, to connect with our community and connect with the, uh, you know, community around us. And that has been completely stolen by a company who does nothing to earn their fees. Jennifer, thanks for coming on. Antitrust is something that is that is very interesting to, to me. I'm passionate about it. Um, I, I really feel frustrated that there's not more antitrust regulation. I really feel frustrated that the, uh, the people who have the power to regulate refuse to regulate. And what we've seen is less creativity in the market, less options in the market, less, uh, you know, higher prices in many cases and an abuse of, of their power. And we can't get back to the days of JP Morgan and we can't get back to the days of, uh, of Rockefeller and, you know, and Standard Oil and all these things. We must continue the fight. So our market can remain free. To our listeners, if you're interested, Jennifer has a website and she puts on there a lot of information about her complaint, about uh, antitrust issues, about why she's brought this action. The website is just called kinder.net. Jennifer, thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. And tell your wife that I hope that she gets tickets for, you know, your daughter, for her and her daughters, your daughters. I know that would be so awesome. We would be the hero parents. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening to Is That Even Legal? Remember, this isn't legal advice. If you have a legal question for yourself, reach out to an attorney. Remember that we're fun. We're lovable. And we are here to help you. To my listeners in 62 countries across the world, if you have something you want to explore, email us at producer at evenlegal.com. And don't be shy about leaving a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast forum. See you next time.